Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came, spoke to them, said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Can I just say this before we go any further? You don't serve some kind of sissified, weak God. The Bible says all power and all authority belongs to our God. That means everything that is risen up against you before it's over, it's going to flee seven ways. Every sickness that's tried to come on your body is coming off of your body today. Every time somebody has spoken ill of you, you don't have to exact vengeance. The Bible says vengeance belongs to the Lord. And when we leave out of this world, we're going to a place whose builder and maker is God, where the streets are made of gold, where there's mansions for you and me. The light of that great city is Jesus Christ. All power and all authority has been unto him somebody give God a shout praise God slap your neighbor a high five and say all power and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord praise God Jesus came spoke to them saying all power is given unto me all power, all powers given unto me in heaven and in earth. We're going to baptize some people today, but before we get into that, I, I, want to, I want to point out a few things that happen when you decide to be water baptized and you decide to go all in for God. Number one, when Jesus says this to his disciples, it's not long before he's going to ascend into heaven, and he didn't speak this way very often. A lot of times he spoke like this, love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of times he spoke like this. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. They'll see God. A lot of times he spoke in, in a real, like, like if somebody were to walk up and slap you upside the face, Jesus said, turn the other cheek. I don't know if he meant this cheek or that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but a lot of times he talked about how to function in society as a kingdom, as a member of the kingdom of heaven how to function in this world, even though you're no longer of this world. But right before he ascends into heaven, it's like he had this moment with his disciples. What we're reading is actually called the Great Commission in most uh, theological ideas. And he says, he says, he says, listen, he says, all power is given unto me. Now, if I'm Jesus and all power is given unto me, I would have said something like this. All power is given unto me. I mean, check this out. And I would have gone, pew, pew, pew. And I would have shot lightning bolts out of my fingertips. Or I would have said, all power is given unto me. And I would have gone, poof, check out my new Ferrari. I would have done all kind of stuff. But you see, he's not like 
us. He's, he's overwhelmingly good, and his plan is always on the forefront of his mind. So he says, listen, all power is given unto me. So it's like the disciples had this kind of last encounter with the Lord before he ascended into heaven, and they're like, okay, what's he going to say? And, and, and if I'm them, I would kind of be hoping that he would say something about overthrowing every kingdom that has risen up against the nation of Israel. I would have expected him to say, all power is given unto me. Therefore, every person who has risen up against uh, Israel now works for Israel. Presto. But instead, he didn't say anything about their adversaries. He actually began to speak about them. You see, sometimes when we're praying about what we want God to do for other people, most oftentimes, he's more interested in working on us then he is working on somebody else through us. Somebody give God a hand of praise, even if it hurts a little bit. He said, a lot of people are worried about the speck in somebody else's eye, and they got a telephone pole sticking out of their own eyeball. He's much more concerned about what we're about than he is about us making sure everybody else is about what they should be about. He said, all, all power is given unto me. And it's like the disciples kind of stand to attention. Like, okay, Jesus, what? What are you going to say next? And instead of giving some kind of a, a huge uh, uh, moment or, or what he's going to do to everybody else, he tells them what to do. He goes, listen, he says, all power is given to me, but, but, but you guys, listen, go. Go therefore, the scripture says, my Bible says, go therefore and teach all nations. Your Bible might say, go therefore and make disciples. He said, go and make disciples. In other words, you've seen the model. I didn't tell you how to do it. I showed you how to do it. I spent three years in and among you. I went where you went. When you were fishing, I was fishing. When you were camping, I was camping. When you were walking, I was walking. When you were eating, I was eating. He said, I went with you. Go make disciples. Go replicate what I've done for you with other people and other words quit telling people all the areas where they're wrong and just show them how to get to me he says he says literally he says he says go and and make disciples he says i want you to teach them what i have taught you and if you can't remember anything else just tell them how much i love them if you can't think of anything else and i know the bible's big and thick but if it all boils down to uh, just kind of really one thing one man the son of god was sent from heaven to pay the price for you and me then he defeated death hell and the grave three days after being murdered he rose from the dead and you literally all of eternity is different and going to be filled with wonderful people in heaven because of that decision and if you can get that into their ears now all of a sudden they have an opportunity to become Come like you, which is a follower of Christ. He said, go, go to all nations, go to all the world. That means it, it might be a little bit uncomfortable. Let, 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 me, let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, there was one time not too long ago and, and I was at Lowe's. And Lowe's is a place where guys go and spend all their money. And I went into, I went into Lowe's and I was walking out and, and, and I, I, I had this, this thought that I should talk to the cashier and invite him to church. But there was a really long line. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of situation, but I'm just like, I, you know what, you know what, Jesus, uh, you know, this long line, I can't, I can't do all these people are looking at me. I, it's already taken me forever to get through here, you know, whatever. And so I walked out and I got, and I got through the little, the little door that opens up automatically. And I got almost to the parking lot. And I thought, what if I'm the person that Jesus sent today to tell them how much he loved them? 
And I thought, okay, I'm just going to go make a scene because I'm good at making scenes. And I turned around and I go to walk back in. And don't you know what? The stupid automatic door is closed. And I look and I'm like, well, I'll just wait on somebody to come out because I'm not fixing to walk around to the other door. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I'm like, man, this is just not happening. Okay, Jesus, you know, if you're going to need, if you're going to, if you're going to want me to, to, to go and talk to this person, I need you to open this sliding glass door right now in the name of Jesus. And it didn't move. And I'm just like, come on. And all of a sudden, I was sitting there because I was late for an appointment. And I was like, man, I don't have much time. So this Samson anointing came on me. And I got a hold of that door. And I got it with this hand. And I got a hold of that door with this hand. And I went, Rah! and then somebody walked out. And they're like, are you crazy, bro? I'm like, I'm trying to do the Lord's work. So I walked back over to the cashier. The, the, it was a young man. I walked back over to the cashier. And I said, I said, hey, man, you go to a good church? And he's like, what, bro? Beep. <laughs> He's checking the, the stuff. He goes, what, bro? I said, do you go to a good church? He goes, nah, man. But I've been looking for one. Beep. Beep. And I thought, I thought, oh, awesome. I said, well, let me give you a card. And I didn't have a card. And I'm like, well, it's called New Heights Church. He's like, new what, bro? I said, New Heights Church. And he goes, where's it at? I said, you know where 2818 is? He goes, no. I said, oh, my gosh. Everybody is staring at me. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it's off of 2818. And, and, and I was like, you got a pen? And he goes, yeah, bro, I got a pen. Beep. He's beeping. He hands me this pen and he hands me a little piece of receipt paper. And I go and I write down the church website on there. I said, I said, here's the church website. All the information is there. Man, we'd love to have you come out. And, and I'm about to walk out. And I'm like, okay, that was a little painful, but not as painful as it could have been. And then the person in line says this, hey, I'm going to check that church out too. And all I was thinking... Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but whenever you go into all the world, it, listen, I'm so proud of you for being in church on a Sunday morning, but this is the safe area. This is where we slap each other on the back and talk about how good Jesus is because he really is. It's out there when we go to the world. It's out there when we do what God has actually called us to do. One of the, one of the greatest ways you can do it, out on the tables in the lobby, there's a whole bunch of little cards. We call them invite cards. And you can grab as many as you can carry. And I encourage you, every time you go see somebody, just drop it off and say, hey, you should come to our church. And if they throw it on the ground, bless God, maybe the wind will blow it and somebody else will pick it up. But we've got to be going into all the world if we're really going to make disciples. Give God one more big hand of praise. He said, go into all the world. But then he says this. He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Your Bible might say the Holy Spirit. That's considered the Godhead, the Trinity, if you will. The Father, God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said this. So if you have a Bible out, that's probably in red letters if, you, if you're using a, a paper and leather Bible. And Jesus said, go and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Number one, if you're taking notes, when it comes to baptism, baptism is not just a public display. Baptism is an act of obedience. Baptism is doing what Jesus said do. There's only a few places in our Bible where we can do exactly what he said do. One of them is in Holy Communion when you take uh, the sacrament, a little piece of bread and some wine or, or some grape juice, and you receive Holy Communion, his body and his blood. That's one thing. It's very similar to how he actually did it. But water baptism is another where literally Jesus said, do this. Therefore, it's not just us doing it because we feel motivated. It is a command that came out of Jesus' mouth that when we do it, it is obedient. And when we do not do it, get this, it is disobedient. 
Because whether the Lord speaks to you through His Bible, whether the Lord speaks to you through a burning bush, or, or whether the Lord gets word to you otherwise, when you get a directive from God, there are only two options. Obedience and disobedience. One time, there was a guy uh, named named Noah, and he built a big boat, and God told him to build it, and it took him a hundred years to do it. And if he'd have said no, it wouldn't have been that, oh, it's a hundred years. It would have just been disobedient. Same thing uh, when Jesus was about to come into Jerusalem in what's called the triumphal, uh, triumphant entry, when he came into Jerusalem and he was r- going to ride a donkey and everybody was going to throw palm trees and their palm leaves and their jackets down in front of him. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus said, hey, you guys go and catch me a, a, a young donkey. You'll, you'll find him right around the corner. And literally, it probably didn't take them a half hour to go do it. But if they had said no, even though it wasn't as big as building a boat for a hundred years, it has still, it was still just been disobedient to not do what God said. God is not just looking for sacrifice in our life. God's actually looking for obedience. And if he, if he has to pick one or the other, he always picks obedience. There's a king in our Old Testament, and the Bible says that he went out to war, and, and, and the prophet of the Lord had spoken and said, listen, when you come back, don't bring anything from the place that you kept. Don't, don't bring anything from the battlefield. I want you to leave it all out there, destroy it all, period. And the king came back, and he brought all a bunch of spoils. And the prophet came. He said, what are you doing? He said, I told you don't bring anything back. He goes, man, it's cool. I'm bringing it back to sacrifice it to God. And the prophet said, look, You've lost your whole kinship, kingship over this. He said, what you don't understand is obedience to God far outweighs any kind of sacrifice you can come up with. When he said to go into all the world and make disciples, in other words, go, tell people about Jesus, go, invite people to church, go, do your part for the kingdom, that wasn't wasn't Jesus making a suggestion. It's called the Great Commission. Commission means it's something that you are commissioned to do. So literally, when we go and make disciples, that's half of it. The other side of it, he says, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if you are uh, in Christ, if you said yes to Jesus and you've never been water baptized, your next step, you don't have to wonder what it is. You don't have to hope what it is. Your next step is to be water baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the next step. For a believer. So number one, baptism is not just a public, uh, uh, public display. It's literally uh, showing that we are obedient. Exodus chapter 14, as the, as the Egyptians come out of Egypt after being in bondage for almost 400 years, the Bible says that they were delivered by the blood of the Lamb. Meaning, uh, the angel of death came to, the, to Egypt and was going to kill all the firstborn of every household, not just every Egyptian household. But every Israelite household too, which were God's people, which had been enslaved for 400 years. But God gave them a plan. He said, here's what you do. You take the blood of a spotless lamb and you put the blood of a spotless lamb on the headboard of the doorway to the house. You put it on both sideboards. And when the angel of death comes over in the midnight hour, what's going to happen is that angel's going to look down and he's not going to see that this is a holy house. He's not going to see that nobody in this house ever cussed. He's not going to see that nobody in this house ever did anything wrong. He's going to see the blood of a spotless lamb and he's going to see that the death that each house has earned, that debt has been paid by 
by the blood of the lamb. And if you really want to picture it, you put the blood on the top of the door, you put the blood on the side of the door, you put the blood on the other side of the door, the blood from the top drips down to the bottom, and you have a perfect picture of the cross that the angel saw, which is what caused the Israelites to be delivered from all of their captivity. Not only did the angel pass over them, literally, in in order for them to get out of their house and step into the promised land, they had to walk through that blood-stained doorway, which Jesus actually said. He didn't just say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He also said, I am the door. So literally, Christ Jesus, he's not just looking for you and me. He's not looking for you to shed our own blood in that same way that he did. He's just looking for you and me to be the doorposts that are covered by the blood of Jesus, washed white as snow, holding up the mantle of Christ. Because the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. God didn't call you to be Jesus. He called you to tell everybody about Jesus. There's a shift that takes place when you decide to be obedient in who God is. The Israelites said, we're with it, but God didn't save them from captivity with any kind of a mandate other than the blood of the Lamb. He didn't say, clean it up, get it right, do this, do that. He didn't say any of those things. He said, the only thing you got to do to be saved is be washed in the blood. They come out of the blood. They come out of that blood-stained doorway. They begin to walk towards the wilderness. And the Bible says, all of a sudden, the Red Sea is in front of them. The Red Sea is what God miraculously split in half and caused them to be able to walk through on dry land while the Egyptians were pursuing them, trying to kill them. So literally, they walk up to the edge of the Red Sea. Moses points his stick at it. The, The Red Sea splits open and the Israelites begin to walk on dry land. And all of a sudden, the Egyptians got brave and decided they were going to pursue the Israelites through the ground that God had established as a miracle for the Israelites. So the Israelites are walking through and the Egyptians are pursuing them. And, and as they get into the water, it look, God looks down and he says, man, the Egyptians are getting close. All the chariots, the Pharaoh, they're all getting close. So God looks down with his mighty right hand and he knocks the wheels off their chariots. Have you ever had something pursuing you and you thought for sure it was going to catch you, but then long about the midnight hour, God did something and said, you thought you were going to get my people, but you're not getting my people tonight. God can do something in the moment that can change your situation. God can do something in an instant that can change every part of your life. They're walking through the Red Sea, which is a type and shadow, a form of baptism. In other words, they were saved by grace, by the blood of the Lamb. But in order for them to get to the next step, which was to learn to be obedient in the wilderness, they had to pass through the water. Jesus said, go into all the world, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The reason God wants you to be baptized is not just obedience. It's because, number two, baptism is a supernatural event. Baptism is a supernatural event. The Israelites were going through the water. And then the same place that they were walking, the enemy was trying to walk. But you can go places that the enemy can't go. You can go places that the enemy can't follow. While they were walking through, everything that tried to pursue them, the chariots, the horsemen, the spears, the arrows, the, the, the Pharaoh himself, they're all pursuing them. And as soon as the Israelites, as soon as they all got out, as soon as they all touched the beach on the other side, now collapsing like two mighty buildings, collapsing comes the water on top of the Egyptians. In other words... When they went into the water, what pursued them followed. But when they came out of the water, what was pursuing them stayed. 
There's a young man not too long ago, he got baptized at the church and he has a great testimony. You can actually see it at our website. And he said, he said, I didn't even realize it. He said, I've been depressed a whole lot of my life. He said, and I realized two weeks after I was baptized that I haven't been depressed since going in the water. You see, you're going to go in the water, but everything that goes in the water is not coming out of the water. Somebody give God a big hand of praise. (laughs) Baptism is a supernatural event. The Bible says that we are buried with him in his death and we're raised to walk in newness of life. Baptism is a supernatural event. It's the only death a Christian will ever taste. It's the only grave that a Christian will ever stay in. Because what happens is whenever you get baptized, the Bible says you put on Christ. Uh, Other parts of our Bible say it this way. They say you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. I like to say it like this. It's hard to offend a dead man. If something's offending you, it's because something about you is not all the way dead yet. Because Jesus said, they hated me. Of course, they're going to hate you. And if you don't have anybody that doesn't like you because your Christianity, I'm not here to point fingers, but I would question the level of your Christianity and how much of an impact you're making. Because here's the situation. Jesus, he literally walked around and there was a huge group of people who said, man, I'm with him. I'm for him. But there was another huge group of people that said, we don't like him because get this, he's a friend of sinners. What could be a better description of a person than a friend of sin? Jesus said, I didn't come here to condemn the world. I came that the world through me might be saved. Did you know people oftentimes don't need help feeling worse? Most of the time, they just need a lifesaver. They just need somebody to toss the good news of the gospel in their direction so that they can receive the same forgiveness, the same deliverance that every one of us sitting in this room that's accepted Jesus is walking in. It's a different thing when you live for God. But when you are water baptized, it's a very supernatural event. In Acts chapter 8, there's another story. I'm not going to read for the sake of time. But there's another story, and and, and this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. and, And there's a disciple named Philip. And the Bible says that Philip, he, he literally gets led by the Spirit to this Ethiopian guy. And, and this Ethiopian is sitting in a chariot and he's reading his Bible, and, 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 but he doesn't understand any of it. And he's reading some of Isaiah's prophecies about uh, the, new, the Messiah that would come. And he's reading the prophecies and, and while he's reading the prophecies, it, Philip walks up and he goes, hey man, he goes, you're reading the Bible. He goes, yeah, I'm reading the Bible. And he goes, he goes man, do, do, do you understand what you read? He goes, man, how can I? He said, I don't understand any of this. And Philip goes, well, let me explain it to you. And the Ethiopian says, can you tell me, is this man that I'm reading, has he come already or has he not? Has he shown up already? And Philip goes, well, let me tell you about Jesus. You see, Jesus, he's everything the prophet said and more. Not only did he come, I was there. I watched him get killed. I watched him get murdered. I watched three days later when we were all in an upper room, all scared because some guys were trying to kill us because we love Jesus. And all of a sudden, like some amazing thing, he just walks through the walls and there's Jesus. They said he had holes in his hands from where they put the nails. He had a hole in his side. This Jesus, he's the real thing. And the Ethiopian's doing exactly what you're doing right now. The insides of his created being are beginning to stir because when you hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, something on the inside of you just starts to move around. 
And he goes, oh my goodness gracious. And he says, he goes, well, what do I have to do to meet this Jesus? He goes, it's simple. Believe on him. Believe he is the son of God and be baptized. Baptized. He said, well, can you explain baptism? And I'm certain Philip said, well, what I'm going to do when you get baptized, somebody takes you and they put you in the water because the reason we baptize people in water is because when you go underwater, you are all in, you are immersed in who God is. See, see, in the natural, you're just getting wet. But in the supernatural, you're getting washed white as snow. In the natural, you're going underwater. In the supernatural, you're getting clothed in Christ. In the natural, you're going in and you're buried with Him in His death. In the supernatural, you're raised to walk in newness of life. In the natural, you're going into a grave. In the supernatural, you're coming out of a grave. See, it's a powerful thing. And I could just picture him sitting there. He said, oh, my goodness. And they're riding along the, the chariot. And, and all of a sudden, uh, the guy from Ethiopia looks and he sees it. it. could have been a mud hole for all I know. But he sees some water. He goes, Philip, I see some water. What stops me from being baptized? Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, then I can baptize you. And the Ethiopian gets so excited. He says, man, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. In all of eternity, there's only one question that holds more weight than every other question. What do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe He's God's Son? See, almost everybody believes He's a good guy. Almost everybody believes that he had good philosophies. And if we follow him, we can expect a decent life. But that's not enough. You either believe that he is God's only son. Killed for you and for me. Resurrected on the third day. Defeating everything that would have held us back. Ascended into heaven sitting at the right hand of his father the Bible says constantly making intercession for you and me let me define for you what that would look like it would look like this it would look like Jesus here and Jesus dad the father sitting here and I'm driving in traffic and somebody cuts me off and I have like 25 crazy thoughts go through my head and Jesus like hey dad ignore what Brian's thinking right now because he's one of us he, he's one of ours he's the one he accepted me he knows I'm the son of God he knows I defeated death hell and the grave he's interceding on your behalf That's why whenever you begin to repent and you turn from what you were doing and you turn to who he is, you're getting in agreement with what Jesus already wants you to do. It's one of the most powerful things that happens in all of eternity. But the the, the Ethiopian says, there's water here. What stops me from being baptized? He goes, well, you got to believe with your whole heart. And the Ethiopian says, I believe Jesus is the son of God. They get out of the chariot. They get to the water. And Philip tells him, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, you're buried with him in his death. And you are raised to walk in newness of life. 
And the Ethiopian, the Bible says, he begins to shout and dance and he gets so happy because he feels what has happened on the inside. He senses the power of whenever you decide to just get in obedience to what God says. My wife said it earlier, it's his good pleasure to bless you. He's trying to set us up and establish us in a direction that has outstanding benefits, not just in that life, but in this life as well. He just wants us to get in a... In line with what he said. The Bible says that the that Philip was immediately taken by the Spirit, dispatched to do something else for the Lord. And I believe that that Ethiopian took the good news of the gospel all the way down to Ethiopia, and revival broke out. Number three, if you're taking notes, when you decide to be baptized, it's a decision to go all in. It tells your family tells your friends tells your flesh what's my flesh my flesh is all that stuff that rises up that tries to convince me to do something else other than what God would have me do baptism is one of the most powerful things we can do because it's a place of obedience it's a place where the super power of God It's our natural situation. We go into the water one way, we come out another way. We go into the water being pursued by that which wants to put us in bondage. We come out of the water completely delivered from that which is chasing us. And number three, baptism is a display that I'm going all in for you now. I'm making the decision to put my whole life, my whole heart in your hands. Please stand to your feet. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.